Hey guys, welcome back to Teen Talk. In this edition, we'll be discussing trauma and how that affects your mental health. As a warning, if this topic is sensitive to you, know that you don't have to feel obligated to listen to this episode. Today, I've invited Madison Bennett to come and discuss how trauma has been present in her life and how that has impacted her mental health. I'll let Maddie give you a little background about herself. Thank you for having me on here today. So, I am currently a junior in high school, and I'm very, very, very involved. So, I'm in National Honor Society, I'm in every music thing under the sun, and a a bunch of other projects and things involved with the school. Um, My freshman year of high school, I was in a sexually abusive relationship with a girl I was um, in a relationship with. And it has changed my life and my perspective on everything. So I got together with her in October of 2018. And there were... It lasted for about 10 months. And we would... I I was very infatuated with her. But it was more of her keeping me in the relationship. So there would be many calls and she would tell me that if I didn't if I wasn't there at every time she wanted to talk to me which was very frequent she would tell me that she would kill herself or that she can't be alone because she's afraid that she'll hurt herself or hurt other people so I felt responsible for her life and for many others so I was kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place so what do you do? And she ended up um, taking my kindness and where I was for granted. And, you know, as a freshman, you're very, you're not nearly as smart as you are when you're (laughs) almost going into your senior year. So it's hard to know what to do. I'm a freshman and I'm just going to disagree with her right now, but, you know, it's okay. (laughs) um so yeah what's the what's the first question so we're just gonna jump right into questions here because you know we just gotta cut to the chase because i know many of you don't have the time to listen to an hour podcast so this is kind of my version of it all so the first question i have down is how has trauma affected your life um it's it's affected every single thing i've encountered it completely skewed the way I perceived the world. So, you know, I would I would go to school and I would be scared to be there because I was afraid that I would see her. And it's... She's... Just her, like, knowing that she... I could see her still scares me. And it's like... She's always with you even though it's ended and not only has like the normal PTSD symptoms been hard to deal with but before all of this happened I had depression and anxiety and when I went to the doctor they said it was very chronic which is very severe um and so just I I've been through a lot of therapy, and I still think it's my fault. And so just 
living every day trying to just trying to realize that I couldn't have done anything more than I did is something that's hard and living in the present is very hard with all of the flashbacks that occur so for people who have PTSD there's like you'll you'll just be like walking down the hallway or you see something that reminds you of the perpetrator and you can be transported to a moment in time that you wish you could forget um and so it's just very it's very difficult and trauma also affects every single relationship you have you find yourself taking on more burden in your relationships and you find yourself more tired just maintaining relationships with people and trying to be a normal kid because when you have trauma you aren't normal anymore and it's hard to deal with that in a society that pressures people to be normal especially with a lot of mental health aspects people pressure you Mm -hmm. to be better to get better but it's not how that works in a lot of cases and especially in your case it's vital that people need to understand that because they can also try to sympathize and empathize at the same time but especially for you there's a lot of factors that people have to be sensitive about but since you're more mature with your PTSD and you've coped with it better it's it's easier for you to understand why people would think yours is less sensitive yeah because like you know I've been through the therapy so people could like oh, she's not having a breakdown and I haven't seen her have a breakdown so, you know, she must not be struggling anymore. And I still struggle with it every single day. And so it's easy for people to think that it's something that you can get rid of but PTSD is something you live with for the rest of your life. So going back to what you said earlier, you said that before you had met that girl, you had depression and anxiety that had been diagnosed earlier Mm -hmm. how do you think that changed after you know realizing you had ptsd and that you were a victim um you know i i don't really remember much of how my mental health was before the matter but um i was in some verbally abusive relationships before the sexual assault which was definitely part of what led up to the sexual assault occurring. So there was this other person I knew who would tell me every day that I would never match up to who she was and I was not pretty and I was fat and ugly and untalented. And every day I went to school trying to prove to her that I was more than she made me seem worthy of. And so I already didn't feel, I I felt worthless going into my relationship for sexual, that had the sexual abuse. So that is definitely what led me to think that the sexual abuse was just a part of a normal relationship. And especially because that relationship was the first one I've ever had. And so for some people, those red flags are normal, but because I was ignorant, I didn't I didn't realize it as quickly as 
I wish I did. So, seeing as that was your first relationship and you had no no prior experience or expectations with that relationship, how has that changed how you have relationships with other people? Um, I've had two other romantic relationships and of course I've had a bunch of friendships too, um, but it's just... Like, I'm always, I'm so hyper, like, there's, um, there's a term that gets thrown around a lot, um, it's called hypervigilance, and it's when you're really aware of certain aspects of your relationships and the certain behaviors of what they are doing. So I'm very aware of my surroundings when I'm in an alert state, and I'm very aware of how people respond to a lot of the things I say. So if anything takes me the wrong way, it can take me an entire day or sometimes a week just to come back from that and to feel comfortable in the relationship again because I'm scared that they're going to violate me because, and like, violation is something that I'm very scared of now and very alert to. This just comes back to prove that you can't change any of the aspects of what mental health aspect you've gone through, especially with PTSD. There are so many components to it that make it so almost harmful in some situations. It's so tricky to navigate, especially when you're growing up and you're trying to figure out who you are. Especially as we're teens and our brains are still developing. We don't know left from right still. I mean, (laughs) quite truly, we don't know left from right. We have to put up our hands. Yeah. (laughs) The fact that many teenagers are going through sexual abuse is is crazy and yet we can say this statement right here right now that half of us don't know left from right so with that being said have friendships suffered due to your ptsd yeah there's been a whole nother level with that i had some pretty close friends my freshman year and they also knew my girlfriend at that time and they i i I tried to tell them what i've been through And they just combated me with hate and disrespect. They would come towards me every day with bullying and they would tell me everything I was doing wrong in their relationship with me. When I was barely at a point in time where I could have a healthy relationship with myself. And so when that happened, it was really hard for me because these girls were... I, I did everything with them. They made me happy to be around. But being out of the relationships with them... Yeah, yeah, like, we ended um, our friendships around the December after everything that happened. And that has been one of the healthiest things I've done for myself. Just letting go of that. Because I did try to revive those friendships... But it was pointless because they weren't sorry for what they did. And like, I tell you, like every day they would come to me with silly things like, Maddie, you didn't say what we wanted you to say here. And I was like, are you serious right now? This is not a friendship at all. They wouldn't listen to what I had to say about anything. And when I did have something to say, 
they would blame it on me being too dramatic or me um, being over-emotional. And I was going through a lot of emotions right then, and I needed their support, but because I wasn't able to support them, they didn't want me a part of their lives anymore. And if anyone is in a relationship like that with anybody, I so encourage you to drop it because it's not worth your time and you are more worthy of, you're worthy of something better. And so those, I, at, at the moment, losing them was really hard for me, especially because some of them were, have been friends since like third grade. But honestly, without them as my constant worry, I've been able to focus on myself so much more, and I've been so much happier. Now, I think an underlying thing that should have shined out to a lot of people is that even though we're taught different subjects about mental health and how people suffer, people still don't take into consideration with their relationships and stuff like that. They don't they're not educated they don't know how to react and in your case that wasn't helpful because even though your friends knew some of your friends knew what you had gone through they weren't educated they didn't know how to help you and the funny thing is is that they preached about mental health they would talk about their own mental health all the time and how oh i need therapy or oh i need a better relationship with my mother or something like that And then I go to them and I'm like, hey, I'm going through this right now. And they expect more from me and they don't, like, they didn't respect me at all. And it it still makes me angry to think about. If you're listening to this right now and you have a peer around you that has been struggling and has vocally talked about it, and even if it doesn't, they haven't speaked about it, but you see it, support them be a a support system because that's all they need right now and people you don't have to think about like you don't have to be their therapist that is not what you need to be as a support and i i never asked that from them i did not want that i just wanted someone to listen and that is as easily as sitting there and nodding and giving them a hug afterwards that's enough you honestly do not have to go through great lengths to find them a therapist recommend them to a hotline that's not what they want in a lot of situations although it would help it would yeah in a lot of cases it would help it's just something we as teens who are developing different relationships in such a wacky time period like it is so complex today you don't have to make this situation complex. It's, you need to be a support system. You don't need to judge them for having to feel any way about any sort of situation that they're going through. And you just need to be there kind of as a support as they go through what's happening because that's all they need to get through it. Next question. Now, this is a deeper question, but... It's part of kind of those who suffer with PTSD. Do you ever feel numb? A lot of the time. I, it's, people who don't struggle with mental illness might have a hard, like, it might be hard to grasp the concept. 
but you kind of just go through your day thinking only with the logical side of your brain and try to keep out any emotions that you can so I mean you don't feel sad but you don't feel happy or you are grateful or anything like that like you don't you don't get the sad parts of life but you don't get the happy either and so it kind of leads to well why am I here why am I still alive do I even have a purpose and it's a very scary place to be because you're like oh I'm you you can feel really lonely I've really struggled with how alone I felt even though I've had such a great support system um so yeah numbness is still something that's prevalent now um like the flashbacks and I've also had nightmares um of things just scenarios that had my girlfriend at that time in them and that scared me and that made me feel trapped again I don't have those as much anymore but I do still experience the numbness often. Now, a lot of people don't realize they have PTSD in the moment. They don't realize what leads up to it. How did it even lead up to it? They, do, they just don't recognize that they've gone through something traumatic. So, how long did it take you to realize that you had PTSD from sexual abuse? Um... It, my relationship with her ended in April, and then that following May, transitions came to the school for my health class, and they talked about the cycle of an abusive relationship. And so, at the beginning, there's the honeymoon period, and everything feels really wonderful and lovely, and you get to know them, and you're like, wow, I really, really like this person. I'm really glad they're in my life. They're, they've been so helpful and so nice to me, and I feel desired. And that's such... It's such a high feeling because... Especially for someone with depression, because you don't feel like you're worth anything. So to feel desired by someone is such a compliment. And then... You kind of go around to feeling, um, they, they start to implement certain things. So like the girl I was with was, um, started to talk about sex and she would go like into detail online and I didn't know her for that long. And I was like, um, okay. I had no clue how to respond. I was 14. And then, you know, we we ended up hanging out at, like, a public place. And she was making moves on me. And it's definitely not things you should be doing in public. And so it's like, girl, what are you doing? <laughs> Stop. And stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> and like she, she didn't. She wasn't listening to me. And then, you know, they they trick you into thinking as, oh, that was so good. It was like you really deserve that reward for everything you've done for me. And my sister, it was a such a. Sh- I can't curse. Um, it was. I mean, you can. It's it's giving your honest opinion. 
it was such a shitty cycle it was awful like it was they would tell me like they would ask me to be there for them every night whenever they needed me and whenever I would they would reward me with sex and I didn't even want that I didn't want any part of it and um it was it was that way weekly and it was really toxic and you know I mean like whenever we would meet together you know it always started off really nice in that honeymoon phase but then it would turn quickly and you know sometimes she would grab me too tightly when I was and when I didn't want to obey or things like that and I didn't really have any control over my body and that's a really scary feeling that does sound very scary I'm deeply sorry you have to go through that yeah and to those who's listening I mean I'm you probably made the connection that Haley and I are siblings. Um, so Haley, I know that you haven't even heard of all of this before. So if it's you're like, whoa, <laughs> no, it's <laughs> I, fine. I, I, I just I don't want it to be overwhelming for you. We are Shvestas. <laughs> that was good. I know that was. Tough. We gotta add yeah. some humor in here to kind of lighten up the mood. It, yeah, it's we like- got Harmumu in the background. My cat, she's like snorting it up. It's hard because it, it's uncomfortable to talk about, but it needs to be. Yeah, yeah, like I said in my intro episode, it's not going to be any relaxed, chill talk. It's reality. And if we're really talking about what's happening in our world today, it's going to be hella uncomfortable. Yeah. It's going to be terribly uncomfortable to the point that it should be an eye-opener. And, like, I've... I've voiced parts of my story. Like, I've never voiced as much as I have right now to, you know, some people. But, like, I've voiced my story to, like, people I know that are around my age. And so many of them relate with me. It's so sad. I mean, as Madison was telling her story about when she figured out she had PTSD and how the relationship started, if you didn't stop and say... She was 14. She was 14. That is crazy. What has society taught us? Mm-hmm. What has society taught us that we've become corrupt? Just think about it. So, moving on. How often do you think about your PTSD? Um, it's... For a long time, it was the majority of my day. It was how can I stop feeling like this? How can I... For a while, it was like, how can I stay alive? Because it's like, I was often in a panic state because I was scared of what's going to happen around me. Um, And so I was just... It was a survival instinct. And then those parts of the day that I was tired of always being alert to everything around me, I'm like this is never going to end this is I felt hopeless and I didn't want to continue for a while um but then over the pandemic 
I've gotten a lot of work done with my therapist and therapy has saved my life. And there's people go to therapy and they don't fit with their therapist well and they're like, oh, all therapy sucks. And that is not true at all. I went to a therapist before the one I went to now and we didn't really fit well together. But the therapist I have now and I fit so well and it was really a lifesaver and has changed my life and has made it all worth the while. And I am so happy with who I am now and so happy with the friends I have now. Like, I've never had such good friendships before that I've really enjoyed talking to them and who have understood me so well and really enjoy having my presence and... I'm so grateful for that, and it's one of the reasons why I'm still glad to be alive today. Reaching out was vital for Maddie. It was especially being present during all this, but not necessarily being in the situation and helping with the situation. I knew when I was, what, 12? Yeah, you were That 12. how Madison went about this problem was way beyond anybody in her age group she she reached out in a form that many adults can't even do and it it was a level of sophistication but also a lot of hope that something could save her that allowed her to reach out for help it was also a lot of courage I've never really been the one to raise my hand in class or, um, you know, speak out against things that I see wrong. And I'm more of that now, and I'm really happy that I am. But, you know, I see Haley going about her waglish class, and I'm like, wow, she's, I think you're an inspiration. And I just summoning that courage in myself has brought a new level of confidence to me and confidence to the work that I do and you know the thing was is that it took me a long time to get it because I you know transitions came to the school that May and I didn't tell anybody until October of 2019 and so it was like that was like what four or five months that I just had it staring inside of me and I had help from someone who I used to be really close to who helped me go to the guidance counselor about it and I mean like who wants to go to the guidance counselor about it <laughs> it's the guidance counselor they help you pick glasses god damn it yeah <laughs> and like it's like um okay and I mean Without that, though, I would not be where I am now. And so I'm grateful for the support system I had then, even. It, it sounds so cocky to reach out for help. You know, when organizations come to school and they're like, if you think you are a victim of this and that, you're just like bullshit. What are they going to do? They're going to send me to some crappy therapist and say I went through something. That's not the case. That is not the case. Those resources are there to help you. It's it's a huge step to take 
a leap of confidence and ask for help, but we both encourage whoever's listening to take that leap of faith because you never know what it could do. You, you have so much to offer and you can just find that help you need and a lot of things, a lot of things, they won't be solved, but it'll, it'll lead to awareness and how to live your life better. Yeah, I see a lot of my peers struggling with their own mental health. I think everybody I know and who is willing to talk to me about it has some sort of problem. And I, my recommendation to all of them is to get therapy. And it's such a commercialized answer. You're like, oh, I hear that all the time and it doesn't help a lot of people. And so why would it work for me? And people just think that if you go you'll you'll just start feeling better and that's that's not true you're going to have to work and i know i i'm mad that there are some people who don't need to go to therapy and they can handle their own mental health like it i'm jealous i'm not mad i'm jealous and but for some people it's what you need to do and it's how you're going to feel the happiest you can and get the most out of life Like, I think when you first started therapy, it was very new to you. And especially... Yeah, I got mad at my therapist. (laughs) I mean, it was a lot of Maddie coming home, mom and dad being like, why didn't you do this? It was a lot of anger in the beginning because I think there was that sense of realization. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really important that you know that going to therapy doesn't just fix everything in a snap what what did you mean by anger there was a lot of like anger from realizing everything towards the perpetrator yeah 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 for sure and i i was angry for a long time then i was sad it's so many complex feelings that i don't like you just let it stir inside yourself and you're like it's overwhelming and just overbearing and i think another sense of anger is that half of the time your therapist would push you yeah they're going to push you to work and you know some well it depends on how you go about your therapy but I definitely needed pushed because I was not open to the thought of it um but I'm again as I reiterate I'm very happy I went through with it so now we already talked we already touched on this a little bit but do you ever have nightmares about the event um, I used to have them maybe like four nights a week and I would never s- sleep well. So like I would, the nightmares were usually not things that happened, but skewed events of what would happen. So I would have a lot of them where she would talk me into committing suicide or she would get me to come to a top of a building and push me off. 
or you know she would it was just a bunch of like crimes and stuff like that and um those were the types of nightmares I would have like every single night um and so then I just started anticipating it and the anticipation would cause me not to want to go to sleep so I would stay up until like four in the morning until I couldn't anymore and I would sleep two hours and get up at six to go to school and that and your sleep contributes so much to your mental health like that was probably the darkest time of my life just because I couldn't sleep once I got like I started taking um heavier doses of melatonin and it would help me with dreams and I I mean this is not doctor prescribed so I would not take (laughs) it if you don't want to but um it was like it helped me fall asleep quickly and I didn't have as many nightmares beginning I would I would still have about three a week until the therapy I went through um started resolving some things um but it was really like if you don't sleep you are going to feel tired and usually feeling tired makes you feel depressed and then if you don't get stuff done while you're depressed and you're going to feel anxious and it's just this whole cycle of oh shit (laughs) and so it's like you know the nightmares really mess some things up now you were talking about your sleep pattern i know seeing as i have anxiety my sleep is troubled and you have anxiety and depression do you think that played a big part in some of your sleeping habits and nightmares um i mean yeah the the reason i would stay up is because of anticipation which is a big part of anxiety um so yeah that's definitely a part of it all right Last question. I already know this answer loud and clear. Shut up. <laughs> have you had difficulties concentrating? I had difficulties concentrating even before I had PTSD. But after the fact, it got so bad. My schoolwork, like, I'm, I'm not trying to be arrogant, but I'm a bright kid. And I'm... Pretty, You're a bright woman. I'm a bright woman. We are bright women. Uh, okay. okay, Haley. Okay. Um, and I just, you know, I'm... Academia and music are kind of my... My fortes, you know? Forte! And so Fortissimo. it's... And, like, I was slacking in both of those arenas. And it was just not like me. And I... I still continue to have trouble getting my work in today. And I mean, the pandemic on top of all of this, I mean, that's a completely different subject. Uh, that, uh, <laughs> like, we do not have time to we, that over. I but. mean, we could rant, but we're not. <laughs> um, and, like, it's just, I mean, with the pandemic, like... I feel like that's a constant anxiety for everyone, even if you don't want to recognize it. It's at least unconsciously anxiety-provoking. And so, it's just, you know, work piles up and, you know, you avoid it. And it's, it's just, you know, it's one of those patterns that you have to correct. And, but yeah, definitely PTSD has been hard with getting the work done. And I've had... 
I've had such great teachers. Like, the teachers have been so understanding with my situation. Like, I, I would talk to them and they would be like, okay, if you can get this done by then, you'll still get full credit. Um, and like, I mean, I don't think I've had almost any problems with it. Um, and they've just, I'm, I'm so thankful for that because it's a big anxiety for me to ask for people, like something that I need. Um, especially when like asking for an extension can be seen like people just see it as excuses all the time and that is not really worth anything but I feel like mental health definitely it's it's a hard place to like maneuver for teachers I'm sure but I feel like um I've definitely been blessed with that all right well you've ended some of the questions now so as a final hoorah, what would you say to anybody listening to this right now who is thinking they've suffered from PTSD or are currently going through PTSD? Um, you are so strong. You are so strong and you are so capable. And if you need someone to talk to, you can talk to me. You can talk... Well, I'm assuming you can talk to Haley, and we will do our best to help and support you. Now, she said you can talk to me. I will talk to you. I will. I will listen to you. But I've not personally gone through this, and this is something that Maddie was really brave to talk about. Because for a lot of people, this is a hard subject to even approach to Mm -hmm. and so that took a lot of confidence from madison even though she doesn't want to admit it it really did i can see it it took a lot of confidence but i just really want to thank you for taking this time and listening to this podcast as you guys but especially you talking because it's it's very vital that people understand and that they can have a source to relate to seeing as you're a teen Mm -hmm. you've you're a teen and you've developed it now a lot of people who have accepted it and educated themselves about it are (laughs) old scrawny adults Mm -hmm. and usually you're just like "Eh, okay i'm not listening to them But the fact that you were willing to come on here as a teen who is still currently going through the process of working through what has happened in your life, Mm -hmm. it's pretty strong and brave of you. So thank you. I appreciate that compliment. Now, as my final shebang that I am doing every episode, know that if you're listening as a teen with a current mental health disorder, you're not alone. You matter, and nobody can imagine this world without your personality. Stay tuned for the next episode of Teen Talk.